first Wednesdays, we love to talk about our house habits. We have 12 house habits. We spend every first Wednesday going through one of those 12 house habits. And uh, we started uh, the year talking about we live on, and we've talked about we love big, and we protect unity, and we honor consistently, and we lean in, and we grow intentionally, and we embrace discipline. And tonight, we're going to be talking about we practice honesty. We practice honesty. And and here is why we talk so much about habits, because habits define our lives and they defend our culture. They they define our lives and and they defend our personal culture. Our, our lives take the shape of whatever habits we make. Um, it's just the way that it is. Whatever, whatever habits you make, uh, that, that's what's going to become the shape of your life. And, and as, as believers, this is what we know. We know that salvation comes in a prayer, but transformation comes from wear and tear. Okay, salvation, salvation comes with a prayer. I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord in a prayer. I step from death to light, from darkness into light. In, in one moment now, my eternity has, has, has shifted. I am now going to spend eternity with God. That's what the word of God says. But transformation doesn't happen with a prayer. Transformation happens with a lot of prayers. Transformation comes with some wear and tear, and 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 in just a uh, in just a moment, salvation can bring eternal life, but but transformation is what brings abundant life, and and I believe that God has created us for both. He created us for eternal life, and He created us to live the abundant life, and so there's got to be a level of transformation that takes place uh, in all of our lives so we can experience the abundant life. And uh, transformation is, is a process. It's the process of us beginning to live a life that glorifies God. It's us beginning to live a life that, that looks more and more like Jesus. And so much of that process is developing the right disciplines that create the right habits. Whenever Jesus invited uh, the, the, the men in the Gospels to come and follow him and Peter and James and John, and they were called disciples. He said, I want you to follow me and be my disciple. You cannot separate the disciple from discipline. It is the exact same root word, and you cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ without some disciplines, without some spiritual disciplines in your life. And so that's what the process of transformation really looks like. It's about us developing the disciplines that create the change and the transformation that that we need. Joyce Meyer said this. She said, so much of what we do every single day is the result of habits that we have formed over time. Now, the the challenging word there is what we formed over time because we all want it to happen fast. Okay, we all want it to be a, a, the, a one prayer wonder. Okay, we all want it to be on Sunday. I can lift my hand, and then after, if I just lift my hand in church, then everything's going to change uh, for the rest of the week. And it just does not happen that way. But what we see here is that so much of what we do every day are the results of habits that we have formed over time. And, and we want these spiritual disciplines to become habits, we, we want prayer to become a habit in our lives. We want reading the Bible to become a habit in us. We want worship to become a habit. What is a habit? A habit is something you don't have to think about. 
I don't, have to, I don't have to think about, am I going to pray today? It's become a habit, a spiritual discipline, and it's just something that I do. I don't want to have to think, do, do, am I going to worship today? I don't want to have to think whenever I get my paycheck, am I actually going to tithe this month? No, it is, it is already built in. It is, it is an automatic response. Yes, I'm going to pray. Yes, I'm going to read my Bible. Yes, I'm going to tithe. Yes, I'm going to worship. Yes, I'm going to be kind. Yes, I'm going to forgive. If you are trying to make up your mind, if you are going to forgive, somebody every time they offend you, then you don't have the right habits yet. Because my habit tells me, no, this is what I'm going, I am going to forgive you because that's the habit that I've established in my life. Ogmandino uh, said this, he said, good habits are the key to all success. Bad habits are the unlocked door to failure. The door to success is closed. That's what he's saying. The door to success is closed, and good habits are the key that opens that door. You, you need a key to get into success. You need a key to unlock that door. That's what good habits are. But the door to failure is unlocked. That means there's easy access into failure. And the way that you have such easy access, it's through bad habits. And when we have bad habits and we begin to live a life full of bad habits, then we get bad results. And so many times we want to know, why is my life not moving in the direction that I want it to move in? And it's because I don't have the habits in my life to begin to move my direction in my life in any other direction but then in the way that it's moving. And so we have to see that, that good habits, it, they are the key. They are the key to us living a flourishing, abundant, and successful life. Uh, we should take more time, uh, each and every one of us, we should take more time in, in making habits, realizing that the habits that we are making are actually making us. And if you, if you took more time and really thought through making habits, because the habits that you make are ultimately making you. And I said at the beginning that your habits are going to define your life. And we understand that. But your habits don't just define your life. They also defend your culture. Because society comes in to attack. And when I say culture, I don't mean the culture of the world. I mean your own personal culture. You have, you have a culture. Your, your family has a culture. Your home has a culture that you've established. And good habits will defend that culture because there are lies that try to come into your mind and into your life. There, there are philosophies that try to sneak their way into your home. There are things that are trying to get there. And good habits will defend against those things. And they'll say, you know what? That's not what we believe here. That's not the way that we talk here. That's not the way that we act here. That's not the way we behave here. That's not the way we respond here. Why? Because I have established such good habits, they have defined my life and they've shaped my life, but not only that, now my habits are defending my culture and saying, no, that's not welcomed here because that's not the way that we live. So habits are so powerful. They don't just define your life, they defend the culture of your life. And, and too many times we, we make habits out of what feels good to us instead of what is actually good for us. We, 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 we just, we fall into some habits and we fall into these habits uh, because we, we, we go in this direction of just what, what feels good. And there's a big difference between what feels good and what is good. Many times what feels good is easy and that's why we take that path. Uh, but what is good is normally difficult and that's why not many people want to walk that way. Jesus said it himself. He said that the, the pathway uh, to, to hell is broad. The gate is broad, but, but the pathway to life is narrow. Why? Because, because the pathway to hell is easy. Living life the way you want to live it is easy. Saying what you want to say, 
drinking what you want to drink, going where you want to go, doing what you want to do, that's the easy way to live. But if you want to find the pathway to abundant life and eternal life, that is a hard road to walk. And so many times our habits, we just go with what feels good instead of really asking ourselves what is good. And in our house habit, of we practice honesty that we're going to spend just a, a few minutes tonight talking about, it, it fits right in this category because when we say we practice honesty, that takes practice. And I don't know if you've discovered this, but practice always takes work. Nobody gets excited about practice. Everybody loves the game. Nobody gets excited about practice. Why? Because practice is work. Practice is hard. Practice is long. Practice is never, there's nobody cheering for you at practice. There, there's, no, there, there's, there's no fans at practice. There, there are no statistics at practice. You don't get to read about your performance at practice the next day in the newspaper. There's nobody there to cover it, nobody to report about it. And it practice is so difficult. And that's why we say here we have the habit of we practice honesty. And that word practice, it ought to tell you, one, that it's not easy, and two, it's going to be tough. It's not easy. It's going to be tough to do. It's a, it's a difficult road, and you're going to have to really work at it. I, I got a question uh, before we go on. How many, how many of you, uh, how many of you are, are conflict avoiders? You're conflict avoiders. You, you, you don't want conflict. You want to avoid conflict at all costs. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. Conflict avoiders, okay? How, how many of you are conflict lovers, okay? You're conflict lovers. If you are a conflict lover, come on, raise your hand if you're a conflict lover. We got a few in the room. We got a few, and we got other people who are lying. They're just ashamed. They're like, I don't want to raise my hand, but that's really me. Your, your, your spouse is nudging you right now. Like, you know, raise your hand. Go ahead. Show yourself to your pastor. Tell him who you really are, you know? That's, that's okay. That's okay. It's just between you and the Lord. But here's the truth. The truth is this, that, that, that both groups can really mess up practicing honesty. Whether you are a conflict avoider or a conflict lover, you can really mess up practicing honesty because conflict avoiders won't say what needs to be said because they don't want to hurt the other person. They, they, they won't say what needs to be said because they don't want to hurt the other person, so they avoid conflict. But conflict lovers... They say what doesn't need to be said because they don't care enough about the other person. They don't say, they don't, they, they say things that don't need to be said because they're not concerned about the other person. They're only concerned about themselves. And the purpose of practicing honesty, this is what you have to get tonight. The purpose of practicing honesty is for the benefit of the other person. Practicing honesty is not so you can feel better. For all the conflict lovers in the house. It's not so you can feel better about yourself and you can feel like, well, I, I set them right. I let them know. No, no, no. No, practicing honesty is all about the benefit of the other person. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I want you to pay attention to that scripture. We are supposed to sharpen one another, not stab one another. We, we are supposed to be practicing honesty 
for the benefit of the other person so that I can make them sharper, so that I can make them more aware, so I can make them more effective, so, so that I can help them look a little more like Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm sharpening them. I'm not attacking them and trying to stab them and to prove a point that there's something wrong with you and it's my job to kill it in you. That is not what the scripture says. We practice honesty to sharpen one another. And, and practicing honesty... It's, it's crucial to us becoming healthy, okay? This is what you, you have to understand. Practicing honesty is crucial. This is not optional. Like, you can't, you can't check out of this, okay? Say, well, I don't really like conflict, so this habit is not for me. No, no, no. Practicing honesty is crucial to you becoming healthy. It is uncomfortable, but, but everybody say this. Say, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. is good. All right, we say it all the time around here that if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay, that's what it is following Jesus. you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and one of the reasons that practicing honesty is so crucial to becoming healthy because there's something that each and every one of us have. The same way that you have it in your car, you have it in your own life. You have blind spots. There are blind spots in your mirror on your car where that car is riding right there. You can look in your mirror. You can't see that car, but, it, but it's there. The, the car's there. You just can't see it. There are issues in your life that are there, and you just can't see it. It's in your blind spot. It's been there for so long, you don't even know it's there anymore, and, and, and you, you can't see it. But if you want to be a healthy person, you begin to practice honesty and then it gets to be pointed out that, hey, you, you're, you're missing something. And if, and if you don't know it's there, it, it could be dangerous. You're driving down the interstate and you don't know a car's there and you go to whip over and you, and, you, and you hit that car, it could be very dangerous for you. It's the same way you're rolling down life. And if you don't see something that's there in your life and, 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 and nobody points it out to you, it could be a major catastrophe in your life that could have been avoided if somebody was just there to be honest with you. And so this is why it's so critical for us to be healthy. The scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 says this. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. He says we are called, we are designed to speak the truth in love. And when we do that, we all grow. When we do our special work, when we play our part the way that we are supposed to play it, then we will all grow and we will all fit together perfectly. That's a powerful principle. That when, when, when we are all operating in this practicing honesty, everybody around us, including us, gets better. And the better we get, the more mature we get, the more like Christ we become, the more perfect we fit together, and the more perfect we fit together, guess what? The better the body of Christ becomes. So powerful principle of this practicing honesty. Let me just give you three guidelines real quick tonight, and we're going to wrap this up. And 
We'll have our baptisms after service and have our meal and our cupcakes, and it's going to be wonderful. Guidelines for practicing honesty. Let me give you three guidelines for practicing honesty. Number one is this. Start with yourself. Start with yourself. Before you start practicing honesty with others, start by practicing with yourself. Being honest with yourself, we say it all the time, being honest with yourself is one of the hardest things you will ever do in your life. Being gut level, brutally honest with yourself, it will be one of the most difficult things that you would ever do. But I will tell you this, a lot of pain and agony can be avoided with just a little brutal honesty. A lot of pain and agony can be avoided with just a little bit of brutal honesty. You must learn how to be honest with yourself. Jesus said, it, said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Can I just tell you tonight that if, if, if you are seeing specks in everyone's eye around you, then the chances are you have a log in your own eye that's casting a shadow in theirs. They may or may not have a speck, but because you have a log, it looks like everybody has a speck. It looks like there's something wrong with every person that you look at. Everybody's got a blemish. Everybody's got a fault. Everybody's got a flaw. Everybody has something that you want to fix, but the only reason you're seeing the speck is because there is a log jam in your own eye. And it's casting a shadow on everybody else. And you think that there's something wrong with everyone else, but the reality is there's just something wrong with you. And whenever you are honest with yourself and you begin to fix yourself, all of a sudden now there's nothing wrong with Susie anymore. There's nothing wrong with Jim. There's nothing wrong with Joe. It's like everybody, everybody wow, everybody else got healed too. You know, everybody else got, no, it just happened in you. It happened in you. And because, it, because you removed the law, because you got honest with yourself and you removed and dealt with that issue, because you dealt with that unforgiveness, because you dealt with that thing, because you were honest with yourself, now all of a sudden your whole world has changed. Everybody looks different because you're looking through a different lens. You have to be honest with yourself. And, and, and you also have to allow others to be honest with you as well. Once you, once you start practicing, okay, I'm, I'm trying to be honest with myself. And, you know, we're, I'm telling you, you know how you learn to lie so well to other people? Because you've been practicing lying to yourself all your life. That's why we become such good liars. It's because we've lied to ourselves about, well, this is the reason why this didn't happen. This is the reason why this didn't happen. This is the reason why. And we just know we're just not honest with ourselves. And so we, we, we have to be first honest with ourselves, but then we need to allow other people to be honest with us. And you know who we need to start with? We need to start with God. Let God be honest with us, okay? This is what the Bible says in Psalm 139. Uh, David writes this, and he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Let the Holy Spirit come and investigate your heart. Say, search my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that 
offends you, God, come and search me. Know my ways. And allow the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. And it's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do. The Holy Spirit will come in. And all of a sudden, you, you, it's just like the spotlight of heaven is shining on this area of your life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, you're going to be tempted to go, no, that's not it. Let's move on to the next one. But let the Holy Spirit shine that light upon that issue and then begin to ask God, God, what do I need to do about this? God, how can I get, how can I get free from this? God, what is the next step? The Holy Spirit will come and show you. And that's where you need to go first. Let God, let God be honest with you. But don't stop there. Don't stop there because I don't know about you, but, but sometimes, uh, sometimes whenever, whenever, you, whenever you pray and it's God, like you can be like, oh, no, that was just the enchiladas I ate last night. Or, no, obviously that's not God. You know, I, I, gotta, I, I, you know, I, I shouldn't have had that gluten or whatever it was, you know. And it, it's, it's, it's messing with you. And you can kind of blow that off. But you don't just need to invite God into the process. You need to invite some other people into the process. Start with yourself. Before you start trying to practice honesty with others, let somebody practice honesty with you. When you invite others to speak honestly with you, here's what it does. It helps you have the right perspective and attitude when you begin to speak honestly with other people. Because when you start asking people, hey, is there anything wrong that you see you give them all the disclaimers up first you need to know that okay you have to if you've never gone through this process you have to give the disclaimers up first because the other otherwise they're going to be just like you they're going to lie to you like you would lie to them okay and so like is there any you know if you just come and say and say do you see anything wrong with me they're gonna be like no no you got everything no i just see the favor of god and the blessing of god that's all i see you just your halo there might need to you know we clean your halo a little bit but other than that it looks great no you got to sit down and say hey i am on this journey I'm on this journey of honesty. I'm trying to find, I know that I have some blind spots in my life. There are some issues that I'm trying to pull up because I, I want to be the best me. And bye, bye, bye. Give them, a, give them a little disclaimer in the beginning and then say, is there any way that you could possibly help me? Now they feel like they're helping you. Now, now it's like if they tell you, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with you, they're going to let you down. So now they're going to really find something. And it's been there the whole time. It's just you're just giving them permission. Is this good tonight? Okay, all right, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure because it, I'm looking at me like, please don't make me do this later, you know? And, and, and you give the disclaimer, and then after you give the disclaimer, you say, okay, is there, is there anything that you see in my attitude? Is there anything that you see in my behaviors? Is there anything that you've seen in my responses? How would, would, would you say that, I, that I'm too negative? Would you say that I, you, you can begin, to, as, as you've already gone on your own personal journey, you've already come to some conclusions, get somebody to confirm it for you. Ask them, hey, I think I see this. Do you see this as well in me? And, and, and if they are a good friend and, and you've already given that disclaimer, you know what, they're going to they're gonna be honest with you. And they're going to say, yeah, I, I have noticed that. Yes, I have seen that. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you're giving them permission. But here's what it'll do. When you start hearing somebody talk to you about your flaws and about your bad behaviors and about all the things that are wrong with you and all these things, you're going to be so much more careful when you begin to engage somebody else because you're going to be aware of what that feels like. That's why you start with yourself. 
Start with yourself. Start with yourself, invite God in the process, and then invite other people in the process. Here's the second thing that you need to do. you got to stick with kindness. you got to stick with kindness. You start with yourself, but then you got to stick with kindness. Now, let me just say this about kindness. Kindness isn't always nice. I love the example that Destiny uses. Uh, you know, she says if you if you have something stuck in your teeth, you know, and I'm I'm talking to Cedric here, and I got a little something stuck in my teeth, and and I talk to Cedric for ten minutes, and then I turn away and I walk away, and Cedric has been staring at that piece of lettuce for ten minutes, and I turn and I walk away, but Cedric didn't tell me, okay, that I got some, and and, and I'm going to come up here on the stage, and I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to preach, and now everybody in here look. Now what you would say there is is, is Cedric was nice. Because he didn't want to point out what was wrong, but he wasn't kind. Okay, so kindness, kindness isn't always nice. There are some things that you might have to point out to somebody that, that it, it's not nice, but you know what? It sure is kind. It sure is kind. I'll I tell you one thing. If I'm, dri- if, I, if I'm driving my car off the edge of the cliff and you say, hey, there's something in your life that I think you might need to look at, then let me tell you, you, you were kind to me. It, been, it might not, not have been nice. I might not have liked what you had to say. But if you keep me from driving my life off of the cliff, man, that is, a, that is the kindest thing that you could ever do for me. So you always have to see the, the, the bigger picture. Yeah, it might not just be lettuce in somebody's teeth, it could be a blind spot in their behavior that's going to really cost them later. And so you have to be willing to be kind. You have to be willing to speak the truth. Choose to be kind. Choose to speak up. And whenever you speak up, do it kindly. And, and, and here's what I can tell you. The truth about being kind is that we don't have any other option. It, we have no other option but to be kind. Why? Because we have been filled with the fruit of the, uh, with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit should produce fruit in us. And Paul writes in Galatians 5, and he lays that out there, what it should look like. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You don't have an option. It's not you say, well, not, kindness is not really my thing. I'm, I'm more of a direct personality. You know, You don't have that option. The Holy Spirit comes in. And the Holy Spirit says, okay, now you're going to be kind. You can't say, well, I like to avoid conflict. No, because if I'm driving my life off the cliff, you got to be kind. You got to be kind and you got to step up and you got to speak up, but you must always do it in a kind manner. And, And so many times people get confused and they think that practicing honesty is practicing meanness. Practicing honesty is not practicing meanness. Let me give you two ways that will help you with this. Uh, Number one is this, communicate about the issue, not about the person. Okay, whenever you begin begin to, to, to practice honesty, communicate about the issue, not the person. Love the person and expose the problem. Okay, don't make it about them. They're not an idiot. They're not a moron. They're not jacked up. No, no, don't make it about that. Make it about the issue. I can deal with the issue, but if you you start getting personal with me and you're calling me out, now all of a sudden you've got a barrier that's built up that, that doesn't have to be built there. Communicate about the issue, not about the person. Here's the second thing that you can do is you practice honesty and knowing that you don't have to practice meanness. The second thing is this, communicate about the issue and not around the issue. Communicate about the issue, not around the issue. When you begin to communicate 
around the issue, you start beating around the bush, you can do more damage than just speaking straight to the problem. Sometimes we're tempted to be passive-aggressive. Okay, Passive-aggressive doesn't work for you and it's not going to work for them. Don't waste your time trying to be passive-aggressive. No, don't, 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 don't beat around the bush. Don't talk around the problem. Talk about the problem. Address the problem. Communicate about the problem. Don't communicate around the problem. So whenever you do that, whenever you communicate about the issue and not about the person, whenever you communicate about the issue and not around the issue, now what we are beginning to do is we are beginning to practice honesty, and we can do that in a very kind way. Ephesians uh, chapter 4 says this. It says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. What the Bible says, get rid of harsh words. So what does that tell me? I can practice honesty without meanness. Because the Bible tells me I can speak the truth in love. I can practice honesty, but the Bible says don't be mean. Don't have harsh words. I can leave the harsh words out and accomplish the goal. Get rid of slander and all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Be tender-hearted. Why? That, that's loving the person. That's loving the person. Be tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Rolling into, rolling into chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. You don't have to get caught up in meanness, in harsh words, in anger, and say, well, I'm just doing what Pastor Philip said. I'm living by the house habit of practicing honesty. No, no, no. You are violating the scripture. You can be kind to one another. You can be tenderhearted. And you can speak the truth in love. Why? Because I'm sharing this for your benefit. And if I'm being mean to you, being harsh with you, and I'm doing it out of anger, then I'm only doing it for me to feel better. I'm doing it because I'm venting. I'm doing it because, because I, I, I need some type of release so that I can feel better about myself, but I'm not doing it for you. The scripture says, no, you need to imitate God and you need to be like Jesus who sacrificed for us. You, you can be as mad as you want to be, but when it comes to practicing honesty, go ahead and sacrifice that anger. Whenever you, whenever you get to that place, go ahead and sacrifice that meanness. Sacrifice those harsh words. Go ahead and sacrifice them because they will actually keep you from accomplishing the purpose that God wants you to accomplish. So you, you got to stick with kindness as you practice honesty. Here's number three. Number three is you got to stand with God. You got to stand with God. You stand with God. You do not stand in God's place. You stand with God, but you do not stand in God's place. Your job is honesty. God's job is transformation. So many times what we want to do is we want to be the change. We want to be the change. I don't want to just address the issue. I want to rip the issue out of you. I want to fix it, and I want to put it back in you. No, 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 that's not your job. You have to stand with God, but you do not get to stand in God's place. God's job is to bring the change and the transformation in the individual's life. Your job is just to be honest. God wants to use you to speak truth 
in, in, into people's lives. He wants, you to, he wants you to do that so that they can grow, so that they can be mature, so that they can be complete, not lacking anything. God wants us all working together, speaking the truth in love, standing with God. Uh, once again, I just want to go back to the scripture we read as we started in, in Ephesians 4, verse 15. Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't it amazing that you can speak the truth in love, you can practice honesty, and people can grow, people can be more healthy, and you can be full of love. We're so afraid so many times to be honest because we think it's going to hurt somebody. The scripture says whenever you do it, you help them grow, you help them mature, and you help them to be full of love because the, the most loving thing that you could ever do for me is to help me look more like Jesus. It's the most loving thing. But do you know how you're going to do that? You're going to, help, you're going to do that when you stand with God, not whenever you stand in God's place. You stand with God, you don't stand in God's place. And you know where else you don't stand? You don't stand against God. You don't stand against God. You don't stand in God's place and you don't stand against God either. God designed us and he desires for us to speak the truth and love to one another. Why? Because we're better together. It's how he created us. He created us to live in community. We're the body of Christ. That's what the scripture just said. Man, we all fit together perfectly when we're all doing our work, when we're doing what we were created to do. It's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible thing, the way that God designed all of this to work. But do you know that you actually stand against God when you don't participate in his work? When you don't share the truth in love, we say, well, I'm, 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 I'm kind of a conflict avoider. I don't really want to practice honesty. You're actually standing against God. Saying, God, I, I don't want to participate in this part of making your body stronger. I don't want to participate in this part of making your body healthier. I don't want to participate in this part of causing your body to grow. I don't want, I don't want the body to be full of love like your scripture says. So I, I'm standing against God. Let me tell you, friends, we got to stand with God. We don't stand in God's place, but please, let's don't stand against God. Let's stand with God and let's obey his word and let's speak the truth in love so that the, so that the will of God can be accomplished, that his body might be healthy and growing and full of love. And I want to close by saying this. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers to practice honesty. It doesn't have to make perfect sense for you. You don't have to be able to, to take people from point A all the way to point Z. Well, the Bible says in, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I can practice honesty with you to the best of my ability. I might not be able to tell you step one, step two, step three, this is what the books that you need to read and this is where you need to go. And this, I, I might not know all that, but I can at least practice honesty to the best of my ability. And then what am I going to do? I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you. That the, the, that the journey of change might begin in a conversation. And I can't take you all the way to the end, but I can start the journey for you. And there's going to be other people that God puts in your life along the way that are going to help you get all the way to the finish line. I don't have to know all the answers, but I just got to stand with God. 
and say, I trust the Lord with all my heart that he has your best interest in heart and that he's going to help you along this journey. We stand with God. We trust him to do the work in us and to do the work through us in the lives of others. That's what we do. It happens because we practice honesty. Let me just tell you, whenever you start being honest with yourself, you're not going to be very good at it. You're not going to be very good at being honest with yourself. You're going to catch yourself time and time again, lying to yourself again and again. You're not going to be good at it. You're not going to be good at it. When you start asking God to be honest with you, well, you're not going to be, you're not going to be good at hearing it because you're not going to want to hear it. You're going to think, I rebuke Satan right now. I mean, that must be the devil pointing that out. You're not, you're not going to want to hear it. What God, was, what God really has to say, you're not going to want to hear it. When other people start being honest with you, it might feel like 10,000 daggers going into your heart. You know what God will use those daggers to do? Do surgery and start cutting stuff out of your life. Stuff that will really harm you. If I, if I told you that you had a tumor on the inside of you and I could operate and pull that thing out and save your life, you might not let me do it, but you might let a doctor do it. You know, it, it would save your life. Well, if you've got unforgiveness in your, in your life, you got anger, it's uncontrolled in your life. You got addiction in your life. If you got these things in your life, and it's like a tumor, it's trying to kill you. Make no mistake about it, it's trying to kill you. The plan of the enemy is still kill and destroy. And the kindest thing I could ever do is just to be honest with you, practice honesty. Do a little surgery. Oh, it might hurt for a minute, but it's going to save your life. It might hurt for a minute, but it's going to save your marriage. It might hurt for a minute, but it's going to save your kid's destiny. It might hurt for a minute, but it might, it might save your next decade. Yeah. It's not easy practicing honesty, starting with yourself. After you start practicing a little bit of that, then you start practicing being honest with other people. And that takes practice too. You build up for that moment. Oh yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to practice honesty with them. I'm going to do it in the right attitude. I'm going to do it the right thing. And then you sit down for coffee and you're like, oh, I love your nails. Oh, your nails look so good. Oh, let's just, let's don't talk about that. Let's just talk about something else. The way it happens they're laughing because they know. They've been there. You can always tell who's guilty because people start laughing. Because it, it's hard to have those conversations. You know what? Schedule coffee again. Go back again. Practice again. Try again. Try again. You, 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 you got to do it. You got to stay with it. You got to practice honesty. You gotta practice honesty. You gotta practice honesty because the body of Christ is what we're working on. When I practice honesty with myself and I practice honesty with you, we're growing healthier and stronger 
and more mature, and we're fitting together in perfect love. The body of Christ, the way that it was designed to be, and it happens whenever we practice honesty. I want you to stand with me tonight. Bow your heads just for a moment. The thing I love about our house habits is these aren't just habits for church. These aren't just the core values of an organization. These are habits that you can take and activate them in your heart. You can take these house habits and you can put them in your own home. This is the way that we're going to live. We're going to live a life that practices honesty. We're going to practice honesty. We're going to start with ourselves. We're going to stick with kindness. We're going to stand with God. We're going to stand with God. We're not going to stand in God's place. We're not going to stand against God. We're going to stand with God play our special role that he created us to play. Iron sharpening iron, benefiting our brothers and sisters. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. It's a very, very general, very general call to action tonight and that is this see I I have not been good practicing honesty with myself I've not been good practicing honesty with others for whatever reason maybe you've tried you just haven't been doing it right you've been doing it mean you've been doing that out of spite you've been doing it out of anger You've been doing it out of self-righteousness. You've been doing it out of judgment. You've been doing it, but with the wrong intention. You are doing it for yourself and not for the benefit of the others. Or maybe you haven't been doing it at all. You say, but, but tonight I, I, need to, I need to activate this habit in my life. I need to begin to practice honesty, and I'm going to start with myself and I'm going to practice honesty with others, and I'm, I'm going to stick with kindness as I begin to walk that out, and, and I'm going to stand with God. I'm not going to stand in God's place. My job is not to change other people. I'm not going to stand against God. I'm not just going to say, oh, well, that's just the way that it is. They're going to have to figure it out on their own. No, 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 I'm going to stand with God, and I'm going to do what he has asked me to do, and that is to speak the truth in love. And so tonight, if you say, I have not, I have not been good at practicing honesty but I'm ready to activate this habit in my life, starting with myself and then moving to others. Come on, if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand tonight. Just, just say, God, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go on this journey, a brand new journey of practicing honesty, practicing honesty with myself, practicing honesty with others. Father, I, I thank you for every hand that is raised tonight. God, I, I thank you that, that we can all get better at practicing honesty. 
God, I thank you. I love the word practice because it means we haven't arrived. If I've arrived, I don't need to practice. But tonight, I, I need to practice because I've got to get better at being honest with myself and being honest with others. And as we lift our hands, God, we say we're going to start with ourselves. We're not just going to focus on the speck in everybody else's eye. We're, we're going to first make sure there's not a log stuck in our own eye. We're not going to judge everybody else until we first judge ourselves and we're going we're gonna to start with ourselves but we're not going to end there because God you've called us to be a part of the body of Christ you've called us to sharpen our brothers and sisters so with our, with our hand lifted we say that we're, we're going to we're going to be a part of, of not just doing it with ourselves but we're, we're going to we're going to practice honesty with others and we're going to do it in kindness. And as we practice honesty with others in kindness, God, we're going to stand with you. With our hands lifted, we're just saying, God, we're going to stand with you. We're going to strengthen your body. We want to be everything that you created us to be, individually and corporately here on the earth. And God, we know that practicing honesty plays a big part of that. Father, we ask that tonight that you would begin to take us down this pathway, practicing honesty. God, let it strengthen our faith and let it strengthen the faith of those around us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Come on, put a big amen on that tonight. Amen, 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 amen.